Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we look back at the weekend for the Jets, including a few more wins and one against the Coyotes, plus Dubois against Montreal and the dumpster fire in Vancouver. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's kick off the week here, doing so in style on the back of another two points. It's kind of becoming a routine here for the Winnipeg Jets. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki joining me once again. Um, excuse, I, I got some pistachio in my mouth. Tyson, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Just getting off work, getting ready for uh, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight. I'm pumped. Oh, we'll talk a little football later on. Um, are you are you a big nut guy, Tyson? Um, not really. No, like I'm not. I I don't mind a like a occasional pecan pie. I don't mind like I don't mind that that are or like maybe. Yeah, when do you have an occasional pecan pie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know like the last time I've had a pecan pie either. But <laughs> just, just just the occasional one every. That's the only. Years. That's the only nothing I can think of. That and peanut butter. I got a bag of pistachios right here. Um, the pistachio is the undisputed king of all nuts. So I was, uh, going to see if you could give me a quick power ranking of nuts, but because you only have the, uh, the generational pecan pie every couple of, every couple of years, I guess we'll just skirt on past that one. I do like pecans or pecans though, but pistachio is, uh, pistachio is the way to go. I'll say that an unseasoned almond is the worst. You're just eating like, you're just eating a raw almond. That's gross. No, that's you got to screw loose. You can't. Come on, <laughs> you got one life. You got one life to live. Like th- throw a little seasoning on there or something. Um, you know, right now the Winnipeg Jets are playing like the pistachios of the NHL. Um, and I mean, some people might say beating the Coyotes has nothing to write home about, but I would argue that finding a way to beat Carol Vamelka is. Maybe the greatest reason for celebration because we're talking about the best goaltender of all time. Hey, did you see the splits Vamelka's career stats versus when he faces the Jets and the Maple Leafs? Oh, I didn't see those exact ones, no. 
So, I mean, the record stinks either way. That's not his fault. Uh, but in his career, he's got a a 900 save percentage, which on a Coyotes team is, like, fantastic. But he's got a 900 save percentage of goals against well above three, close to three and a half. In seven games against the Leafs and the Jets, um, he's got in uh, four games against the Jets a 946 save percentage, three games against the Leafs a 952 save percentage. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, that, I, I don't know why, but it seems to do pretty well against the Jets and the Leafs. And, I mean, we all know the game last year against Winnipeg comes into Winnipeg and puts up a 50-burger as the, the Coyotes uh, steal away a victory there. But, you know, in a weird way, it's almost kind of the uh, the difference between the two teams there, Tice, and that, you know, last year, maybe under a different leadership coaching staff, this team might have sleepwalk their way through a game that ultimately sees them either go to OT and only pick up one point or maybe drop two points entirely. But, you know, halfway through the game, you give up five shots on goal and, you know, outside of one minor, not minor, outside of one pretty major miscue, kind of smooth sailing for the Jets in this one. Vimelka once again played extremely well, but you know what? It's 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 nice. I said this a, a few weeks ago during the game that the Jets played. Sometimes these boring games are nice once in a while uh, because there weren't too many of those these past couple of seasons. Uh, but the Jets just kind of ho-hum, away we go, take care of business against the Coyotes and grab another win after a really, really, really freaking good road trip. Yeah, I, I mean, with this game especially, it's if this is one of your worst games of the season as a team, you're having a pretty good season overall. And I think yeah. that's what we saw yesterday. I mean, the Jets... They didn't have the firepower there in this last game, but they, I mean, they like you said, they held the fort down. They didn't give up too many chances, and I, I'm trying to think of things to say about this game. And all I can think about is just how much I hate Arizona. I actually like I can't stand watching this. Team. They need to get rid of this team immediately. And I'm sick and tired of watching these games with Zach Cassian and Nick Ritchie on the second line. And then just whoever on the third and fourth. Like, I'm done with this team, and I just want them gone. I want them moved to Houston. We could start over and just get just get them out of the league. I, I don't want to talk about them anymore. Well, well <laughs> might, have, might have to get a couple minutes out of you, Tyson. Um, it was funny you mentioned Nick Ritchie there, and I was just kind of going over the highlights again. But, you know, Nick Ritchie's decision um, on a one-on-oh against Connor Hellebuck was to backhand the puck from uh from the face-off circle instead of i don't know trying a bit of a breakaway against the goal right there it's like oh this is this is why arizona is arizona right now we had you know the funny thing too is i we might have to we couldn't do a nut power ranking but um i wonder worst franchises in the nhl uh because of some news that came out earlier monday where where the coyote they might not rig last anymore and they have to I, I, well, well, well we'll hold on to that we'll hold on to that one there tice but um yeah i mean look i i get what you're saying i mean really the only thing for the coyotes there, there's two major dates for the coyotes this year it's the trade deadline and the draft lottery that's that's that was their goal they they along with chicago i, I mean really those two teams more so than the others specifically went into the year with this as their as their main goal. And then, you know, Anaheim and, and some of the California teams decided to chip in and join them as well. But it's these games against teams like Arizona that, that are near the bottom of the standings that are, are always tough for teams like the Jets because it's a lose-lose in a way, no matter what. 
like you play good and, and beat up on them. It's like, well, you were supposed to do that. So we're not going to give you much credit for doing it. You play a tight one like this and people are like, oh, why didn't you blow them out of the building? And then if you lose, then it's, you know, the sky is falling, all that. So for, for me, games against Arizona, games against Chicago, you're not going to face them in the postseason. Just get the two points, pick them up, head out the door. We move on to the next one. That That's it. There, there is no other, re- like there is no big macro breakdown of this game. It's just quite simply the Jets, you know, for I, I would say 80% of the game, dominated them looked like the better club took care of business and and that's really all that matters in this one um pretty cool once again though pld continues the streak and you know doing so in in the spot and i think you know he he got up to a bit of a okay start dubois and then has really exploded over the last few months of the season but that goal to me is the shining example of what he needs to do to be you know an eight-year, $10 million guy, and that's spent the majority of his time five inches away from the opposing goaltender. And, and I thought he got away from that earlier in the season. And right there, right, like it's it's nothing pretty. It's a, it's a tip, right? N- nice shot by Morrissey, tip. It's not going to go on the highlight reels or anything like that, but it's going to make you a, a pretty penny by the end of the year. And I think as long as he spends the majority of his time in there, the Jets are going to be just fine. He'll be just fine too. Um, and then nice to see the second line pot in, chip in with... Uh, I mean, an all-time passing play there, right? Like, that that's thats Cole Perfetti's game right there, where the majority of players would either have tried to shovel the puck to the net or just hung on to it and eventually lose possession on the play. But instead, he kind of surprises everybody with the draw pass to Shifley. He makes the great play, too. And then Wheeler, with one of the easier goals, he'll score all season long. I mean, that that's you, you wanted to see the second line kind of step up in a big way and support the the heavy lifting that Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers have done. So, I, you know, if you're looking for positives at a game where, you know, what ultimately not a whole lot to take from, that to me was the two big examples that this club can be pretty excited about moving forward. Yeah, and, and even I, just another positive too, I'm going to add on to that, is the penalty kill too. And I think not just the penalty kill, but the special teams as well. They've been solid this year, but there's still room for improvement. And if they can kind of bolster, they get those top special teams units there you're sitting top five in the league i mean man it's it's easy to win games and that's a, that was a big reason too last night uh, going coyotes went over three on the power play that, that's that's the kind of thing that would have happened last season where against arizona you're playing the boring game you're playing the boring game and then arizona gets their chances and they capitalize and that's when you those are the games where you pull your hair out thinking like oh, how do we let this happen how do we keep letting this happen and they just they buckled down like this team this has that ability to kind of get together and really lock things down i think and really play as a unit instead of just individual players trying to make plays on their own i think it's almost it's just a well-oiled machine right now really and there's i think that this jets team is looking is looking like they're ready to do some serious damage coming up and it's games like this where like we said if if this is your one of your worst games of the season you're having a pretty good season overall yeah, yeah, it's kind of like could it be April already, please? Like let's just let's get let's get to the games that matter. Um very quietly too, I would say to your point. The Winnipeg Jets have the third best penalty kill in the entire NHL right now. Third best penalty kill. Their power play is at 10th, which kind of understates how good it's been. Just under 25% is 10th of the NHL nowadays. Like it's that used to be the best power play of all time. Uh, like, you know, eight years ago. And then nowadays, 
25%. Ah, you know what? You'll sneak into the top 10 if you can get 25%, which is pretty crazy. Um, Edmonton, again, is almost connected on a third of their power plays, which is just beyond nuts there. But I think special teams has, you know, with all the positivity surrounding the team so far this season, special teams maybe has gone under the radar more so than, than anything else so far. Um, yeah, I mean, like, not a lot of weaknesses. You look, look all over the roster right now, not a lot of weaknesses for this club. So, yeah, I would agree with you there, Tice. The hey, penalty kill did its job again. Sorry, and you mentioned with Dubois getting towards the net more and him and with the deflection goal. Uh, we didn't – in that game against Pittsburgh, what did you think about that goalie interference call? Do you think that's goal or no goal? I think it's a goal. <laughs> I think it's a goal, too. I, I honestly was shocked that they didn't call that. I mean, like – yeah, he does make contact with them, and he didn't get. But I think it was Pedersen was in front with Dubois there, and he, I mean, he didn't like push him, but he did. I mean, he guided him into him. It wasn't like I, I just don't really know what Dubois is supposed to do there. Yeah, suck at Pittsburgh. I guess is all I got to say to that. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, maybe a reason why Dubois might have been near the front of the net, I think maybe he was chatting up his uh, soon-to-be future teammate, Jacob Chikrin, perhaps. How, how, how did you think? Did, how, how did you think? Um, maybe, hopefully, soon to be Winnipeg J- Jacob Chikrin looked. Well, oh, I, I love Jacob. <laughs> I love Jacob Chikrin's play. I just think he's he's kind of like the prototypical. I don't. I mean, I was gonna say defensive defenseman, but he's got the skills. Like he's got the he's got a plus plus shot. He doesn't. He's just a solid. He kind of reminds me of like Mat- Matthias Ekholm a little bit with a more of an edge even. And I think that it's just, he just provides an element. It's just a steady force back there. It's someone that you can rely on for shifts at a time. And even like on Arizona, of course his numbers aren't going to look great. Like he's, you're playing with, like I said, Zach Cassie and Nick Ritchie on the ice at the exact same time. And you're like, where, like, who do I pass to out of these two guys? I, like, I don't even know if Cassian's looking at the play right now, but I, I think Chickren's by far and away the, de facto number one trade target for the Jets other than that they should at least kick the tires on. But I, I yeah, I, I love Jacob Chickren's game. Yeah. What, what stands out to me is the physical tools. Um, he, yeah, he could skate. He, he could skate really good. Like you said, he's got a great shot. He scored what 20, 20 in a shortened season a couple of years ago, like physically everything's there for him right now to be in the upper echelon of, of the rest of the NHL. I think he just there's there's a little bit of fine tuning that needs to go around, and yeah, personally, I think Rick Bonus is is the guy to do that. I think he's the guy to unlock that. And so, I, you know, we've been kind of in lockstep in saying that this is this is the guy. Like, if you're going to push your chips in here, might as well do it with you know quite possibly the best name on the market, but then also one of the youngest and cost controlled, and with the team for a few more seasons after that, it it, it hits all the the nails on the head for me. So I, I, I enjoyed watching him play. I agree. He, he, the kid's got no help. It, it must suck playing night after night. It can be draining, as we've seen on, on other teams before, too. But um, nothing that I saw on a Sunday night would dissuade me from uh, emptying the farm a little bit and taking a run at Jacob Chikrin. Again, I would, do, I would, I would aim for Chikrin over Provorov. A little bit less money on the cap. Um, a little bit younger as well. I think a, a higher, higher ceiling. Um, but we'll see what Chevy's got up his sleeve. Somebody made the point to me, too, that, you know, when the Jets made the run to the Western Conference Final, 
there was nobody mentioning Paul Stastny as a potential trade chip. Nobody. So maybe there's a defenseman out there that we have any. Maybe that should be an episode moving forward. We got to try to find the defensive Paul Stasny for the Jets at, at, at this year's upcoming trade deadline. But um, yeah, I, I thought Chickwin looked really good. And again, I, I think Jets fans have reason to be excited that there might be a, a splash or two coming their way in about, what is it, six weeks? Something like that. Like it's it's not all that far away here. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on that and maybe we'll touch on that in the second half of this episode. Um, anything to come for the Jets on the trade front um with the deadline set to go in early March. Um, but that'll do it for our breakdown of the game against the Coyotes. Still a Thank lot to God. talk about though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but plenty jets to get to here. Um, some really interesting games on tap for the rest of this week. Uh, then some other news from the rest of the NHL that we'll get to, no doubts. But before we do that, we got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hell of a weekend that we had in the football world and the playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And as we're just on the doorstep of the NFL divisional round, DraftKings has a deal where new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly, plus all new and existing customers. So for those of you that have already signed up, you can get a shot at an even bigger payout with DK's stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. We got Bucks Cowboys later tonight, Tice. And then coming up on the weekend, some pretty juicy matchups, of course. I wonder what the best, I mean, the best probably got to be Bengals, Bengals, Bills, right? You, you got a feeling one way or the other, Bengals, Bills, where where people can uh, head over to DK and toss a little bet down for that? I do like the Bengals, Bills. I, I mean, that Jacksonville Chiefs game is going to be absolutely alive. I think that's, that's going to be a shootout, too. But yeah, Bengals, Bills. I'm gonna go with I'll, I'll craft a little same game parlay for for Ooh. I think we're gonna roll with a Stefan Diggs touchdown, Jamar Chase touchdown, the over, obviously, and let's roll with Josh Allen two passing touchdowns. Ooh, well, that'd be a juicy one, and personally, I might throw a. Bengals money line on that as well. But if you do that, you can take home a ton of money thanks to our friends over at DK. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. That was a... Uh, that was a pretty bonkers weekend, Dice. Um, I mean, Jaguars Chargers top, topped it all. And it was funny, too, because I was watching it, and I, I don't know how many people had the same feeling, but it was like, Jacksonville gets a touchdown at the end of the half. <laughs> they might be able to claw their way back into this because the Chargers are going to go ahead and charge her. Then that's you know ultimately what happens there. But um yeah, I, I wonder, maybe the, the the biggest workout of the whole weekend was the wheelbarrow that Doug Peterson needs to use to get to and from each game. Dougie P, I mean, hey, as, as Eagles fans, Dougie P 
holds a special place in our hearts. But man, I put like, I won so much money live betting the Jaguars this week. I I, I <laughs> had a, had a couple drinks and I was like, okay, fourteen nothing there. The Chargers are gonna charge her. It's fine. And then twenty-one nothing, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't looking good." And then twenty-eight nothing, I was like, "You know what? Twenty-eight nothing. I already have money on the line. Let's toss another fifteen dollars on the on on the Jaguars right here." And sure enough, without without fail, that's the, I was gonna call them the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers. Just like I don't even. I stop being a fan at some. You gotta just stop being a fan at some point. It's just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. That that's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's tough. That's how do you tough. how do you have the number one not this season obviously, but the number one ranked offense and the number one ranked defense in the entire NFL, and you miss the playoffs? Like that is one of the most mind blowing stats of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, tough, tough for a couple franchises with long suffering fan bases. The Chargers did their thing. Oh, the Vikings. I mean, we. I don't want to say I told you so, but we we did we did tell you it was going to happen. It was ultimately poetic too that their season ends on a Kirk Cousin checkdown for two yards on fourth and eight, which I oh man I would not have handled that one very gracefully if I was a Vikings fan. But I guess if it gives them any you know if it makes the loss any easier, you know again as Eagles fans I'm I'm a little worried about the Giants like. Duh. They look pretty good. <laughs> you know, the Vikings, Vikings are in it. Giants look really good. Brian Dable coaches his ass off. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about the Giants. Everyone wants to give Lamar Jackson a bag, and everyone's forgetting about old Danny Dimes down in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he might have to thank Dable for the payday he's going to get if it's in New York or somewhere else. But um, there's some sexy matchups coming up here. Um I kind of almost want the like Cowboys Niners is just like aesthetically a beautiful matchup, or like there's something old school about that. I almost kind of want Dallas to win, but at the same time, a Dallas choke job is just that's just icing on the cake. I would, that would make for the perfect wild card weekend. So uh, one we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the divisional round coming up here as we get closer to it at the end of the week. Oh yeah, but just the one thing. It seems like the Cowboys like when these kind of games happen, the Cowboys, when in games they should win, they lose and games they should lose, they win. And with all like the Owen, they're Owen seven against Tom. They never they haven't won on the road since 92 or whatever. It's like, this just feels like everything's going to go for the Cowboys tonight. I don't know. I got a weird feeling. I mean, it doesn't really matter because we all live in Brock Purdy's world and the Niners are invincible. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> it ultimately doesn't matter. Um, but either way, we'll move on from the NFL, get back to the NHL here. Um, like I said, big weekend for the Jets. A couple of games on tap uh, before we get to our next episode. The most intriguing one comes Thursday, which we'll touch on in a sec. But um, always always intriguing when um, the Montreal Canadiens come up on the docket, especially with uh, the main man of the hour, everybody's talking about him, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, everything that happened during the offseason there. I, I don't even know if this is the... I think the Jets played Montreal already, didn't they? I don't know if it's their first meeting between the two clubs this year or not. But it is intriguing timing in the sense that Dubois, you know, playing lights out, right around a 100-point pace, set to be an RFA, all this stuff going on this season. You have to think, I mean... It might not mean much ultimately, but the Jets have a much, much better chance at signing Dubois long-term than they did four months ago, right? Like that, I mean, I think we could all agree on that. 
Um, the one thing I would say with Dubois' future, I guess there's two things. One is that I think the Jets are in a good spot either way. Either they sign him long term and he's here, you know, for six, seven, eight years and you enjoy his play, or you move him for just a, an absolute tsunami of picks and prospects. Um, so, I mean, it's a win for the Jets from that front. But, but also, you know, when you take a look at it with Dubois and his situation, I kind of believe him when he says, I don't know what I want to do yet. Like, I mean, he's, he's younger than you, Tice, and I don't think you have a five-year plan, let, let alone a plan for, for the rest of the week, right? And, and he's, he's, you know, scoring out of his mind right now. He's, you know, the longer he waits to sign a long-term deal, the more money he's ultimately going to make. I, I kind of believe him when he says, I don't know yet. <laughs> like, maybe I'm leaning towards leaving Winnipeg, but playing with Connor Dealers isn't too bad either for the next seven years. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think going into this season, I probably would have put the odds at probably 70-30 that he was going to leave. I think 70% chance of this was going to be his last year in Winnipeg. I think now, if they were looking at an even 50-50 split, maybe even leaning a little bit towards the Jets. Because I just just think at this point in your career, with, with how young you are, you have an opportunity to play with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers for the next five years. And if you do that, you're going to pump your stats up a ton. And you're still going to be getting paid by the Jets. Like, you're still getting a, a fat contract. Stay player prime with one of the best goal scorers in the NHL, one of the best playmakers in the NHL. Pad up your stats. And then if in five years, you're like, you know what? I, I really want to go home. I want to play for Montreal. Then I'll by all means go ahead, get another bag. Go ahead. I, I think that career-wise, I think it's your best. It's Pierre-Luc Dubois' best bet to at least have a, have a short-term future in Winnipeg. So you're saying, like, for him to sign three? I'd say five. I'd say five. Five years. Okay. So, yeah, it doesn't tie you down forever, but you're still getting a bit of security there in that? Yeah, you're I going mean, in. You're, yeah, sorry, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's how most sports operate, right? Like, I mean, NBA, NFL, MLB is a little similar to hockey and, you know, people, but they're also getting, like, 300 million, so... You know, I, I, I might sign for 10 years if I get 300 shrill. But the flexibility aspect is something that I've always been intrigued why NHL players don't lean on that more often. Uh, they just seem to, hey, you seven years, sure. I mean, I mean, that's a pretty good fallback option to get seven years on a long-term deal. But that makes a lot of sense to me. That I, I can, I mean, he, it does seem like PLD marches to the beat of his own drum. And he might be one of those rare guys, you know, kind of like Austin Matthews, where it's, I, I'm not going to go out there and try to get eight years and as much money. It's maybe I sign a little bit shorter and double dip. And I have some choice and some say in where I play, you know, once this upcoming contract comes up. So, yeah, may, I mean, maybe that's the way you go about it. And maybe the Jets throw a letter on his jersey, too, in the meantime. And it kind of officially becomes his team. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think for me, it's, there's no real reason to worry about it. Like it's, you know, I, I think either way the Jets are going to come out of this. Okay. Um, one thing I, I am a little bit interested on Tice and don't, don't think about this. Just like, give me a, a shotgun quick answer. Okay. Eight years, $10 million. Do you sign Pierre-Luc Dubois to that? If you're the Winnipeg Jets go. Yeah. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I right away. I don't, I don't, honestly don't even think twice. 
and like and like yeah that's a that's a massive massive deal like it's a huge huge contract probably means you can only keep i I don't even think probably you can only keep shafley or hellebuck at that point right like they're the trickle down that comes after that is is pretty immense but i i feel like if you're the jets in this situation to overpay potentially overpay to keep a guy here in the city that you acquired from trade would be willing to spend the the majority of his prime here in the city. I, th- I think it's a worthwhile bet. So do you, do I, you I wonder think, how many Jets fans would be cool with that. I, I don't think that necessarily means that you lose both Shifley and Hellebuck though, either if you sign them to 10 million. Cause I think, I mean, obviously the cap's going to well, be going. What's Shifley going to get? Well, but I, I mean, he, he, let's say he gets, let's say he gets 10 as well. I, it, with Blake Wheeler's contract coming off the, books around then as well Dylan DeMello right there that's 11 million and take what Shively's making 5.6 right now 6.5 6.25 6.25 so then you add that that's 17 and a half million including the Wheeler and DeMello contracts off the book and then Hellebuck's making how much is Hellebuck making six mil six ish and he's gonna get 10 I would imagine right but then that's 20 that that's quick math 23 million right there still have three million left over I don't know if it's that easy, Tyson. That, that's also not taking into account um, Chikrin and and his contract. No, but yeah, look, I for me, if I'm the Jets, if it if it costs you somebody, it's it's more so kind of a statement to the rest of the NHL that look, we 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 can we can keep these guys here. You might you might it might not be your first choice. It might not be your might not be your 25th choice, <laughs> but if you spend some time here, you might find that it's hey, things aren't so bad after all. So we'll 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 see how this all plays out. I mean, there's there's really two certainties that are gonna come out of this, I think, and that's gonna be that the Winnipeg Jets should be okay, and that Pierre Luc Dubois is going to make a boatload of money. And he's gonna make that very, very soon, uh, once the season comes to an end. Um, so that'll kind of oh, and I guess uh before we re- move to the rest of the NHL. Um, the other game for the Jets before we uh, get back to it on a Friday morning, but always a beauty of a matchup. I'm assuming it's going to be on Sportsnet and be the uh, the primetime game of the night. But Jets Leafs in Toronto. These are always beauties, Tice. And I get I, I guess the question I, I'll throw to you is just quite simply this: Who's the best team in Canada? Is it Toronto or is it Winnipeg? Winnipeg right now. I'm I'm rolling with Winnipeg. I think over the I think if they play the Winnipeg, I think if you played a seven game series, a Jets leave seven game series, I think the Jets would or the Leafs sorry would have major major problems, and I think they would struggle mightily with the Jets. Tyson, if if the Leafs play a seven game series, there will be major major struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I am so done with Toronto. I don't even care anymore. Like I just I hate them. I stuck with them for so long that they rewarded me with absolutely nothing, kind of like the rest of their fan base. But I, I know Toronto has the longer track record of high-end success, but I don't know how you can argue it at this point. I mean, I think I, it would be interesting, Matthews, Tavares, or Dubois-Shifley. I mean, Matthews is the best of, of all four of them, but I would argue Dubois and Shifley give you more than Tavares at this point. So, like, just that matchup is is already tight there. But then, like Marner, Nylander, Connor, Ehlers, like that, like up front, they're 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 pretty similar. It's it's pretty tight there. Um, blue line's interesting because I think the Leafs have more quality depth, 
but I don't think anybody on Toronto could do what Josh Morrissey is doing right now. And then, I mean, goaltending is a massive, massive win for for the like that that right there. I think is ultimately what separates the two clubs. I think it's pretty close. But you I've always felt in the past that Toronto was the 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 better team, and now it's it's flip flop for me. Yeah, you don't like Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov? No, I think they're okay. <laughs> I actually think I like they've been better than I thought they would be, and yeah. it, it might be enough for them. But I mean, come on, that's a massive gulf between the potential Vesna winner and the the Murray Samsonov duo. Well, and that just has like playoff fiasco written all over it with that goaltending situation. I there it was watching the the Blues and Leafs game a couple. I think it was like a week and a half ago now. And went to a shootout, and Ilya Samsonov, every single shooter that came in, he was flying 15 feet out of the net, and I was like, oh, this, yeah, I did see that. "This guy is so rattled. Like he's he just that's what worries me is that you have two goalies who are like notoriously known for completely melting down and falling apart, and it's, so I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> well, Matt Matt Murray literally falls apart. Yeah, and that's what his issue is that he literally falls apart. Uh, if you if you if you got two starting goalies, you don't got one, isn't that the old saying? So yeah, uh, that that'll be a fun matchup. Just uh, that's going to be, I think, the narrative coming in is this is the battle for the best team in Canada. So we'll see who comes out on top. But the Jets have always shown themselves pretty well in TOs, so I'm expecting a pretty damn good performance by uh, Bones and the crew and company out there in the big smoke. Um, quickly before we wrap up the episode here. I guess just to look at some of the news and notes around the NHL. What the hell is going on in Vancouver? This is this is just crazy. It's yeah, I, I look, everybody knows I'm a huge Bruce There It Is fan. And so I might be a little biased in this, but I think it's fair to say you you don't treat somebody like this. Like, come on. You don't you don't treat the worst coach in the NHL like this. And you have a you know borderline Hall of Fame coach who you literally announced that in your press conference, you're actively searching for his replacement, right? Like it's, it's, he deserves so much better. The team is a joke. And as far as dysfunctional franchises go, I think they're, I think they're ahead of the Flyers, Tyson. And I think they're giving Arizona to me. It might be Arizona, Vancouver one, two as to teams that you just want no part of right now. If you're a player. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I think the Flyers were ahead of Vancouver coming into this season. Yeah. And then it seems like the, the Flyers are, I mean, there's still a dumpster fire, but at least yeah. they're like, they're a dumpster fire that's not completely going downhill. The Canucks, on the other hand, oh my, like, not only active, it sounds like they have Rick Tockett like, ready to go. It sounds like Rick Tockett has his staff. It sounds like he's ready to be the coach, and they're just like, we're, we're going to hold on to Bruce for a little bit longer. I, I, think they, I think they're trying to get him to resign. And Aquilini, the owner, they just want to pay another coach. I mean, I don't even know how many coaches they've got on the payroll right now. But, like, this is it, it, this is no way to run a team. It, it's it's embarrassing is what it is. And, it, it, I mean, people have complaints here in Winnipeg for, for certain things. People, you know, fans of other teams have complaints. But this is what happens when you have awful ownership. Like, that. this is how these dumpster fires happen. You know, every now and then a, a bad GM will come in and, and ruin a team for a few years. But this is how teams are screwed for decades. Is this what we're seeing there in Vancouver right now where the dumpster fire starts all the way up at the top there? And unless he does a complete 180, I don't know how things are going to be changing anytime soon, especially when you hear the 
godforsaken. We're not rebuilding. We're retooling. Show me the last retool that's ever worked. You might as well just say, we're going to set this rebuild eight years back. So fans can, you know, be in be in an awful mood for the next 15 years instead of the next four years. There's so many, um, there's so many underrated, like terrible moves that the Canucks have made. Like think, think they have all Oliver Ekman Larson for seven at 7.25 for the next, I think three years, at least it might even be four. Like he was healthy scratched last week. Right. Like, did you see? Did you see Jim Rutherford's comments today? Too, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm convinced that he didn't know anything about the Canucks when he took the job. I think they're just like, "Hey, Jim, you wanna you wanna be this? You wanna be GM again?" And he's like, "Sure." And they're like, "Oh, we forgot to tell you like what your role will be, what what like uh, what the players are expecting out of you." Like, "Oh no, I'm okay. You can just hire me." And then like he's like. I thought we needed minor surgery. We actually need major surgery. You've been you've been there for a year. Like we're like I don't understand this team. It's just complete complete malpractice, and they they need to straighten things out there asap. I think we see we do see Daniel and Henrik play a big part in it too. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> keep keep no them away. They're they're so pure. Keep them away. There's you're safe right now. Like just stay on the outside. Don't jump in just yet. It's yeah, I, I don't know what the fig. I mean, and it's funny the Ekman Larson thing. Like, I, is that even does that squeak into the top three of awful moves they've made in the last decade? Oh, like you have the the Tyler Myers contract, the Louis Erickson contract. How many other trades? Like the Luongo fiasco, Capri cat. Like it's just it's it's nonstop for them. So it's tough, tough one, tough one for the West Coast people out there. That's. It's going to be a rough ride for a few years for sure. And I, I wonder if JT Miller's on the block too. I mean, he looks like I, I've kind of been following a little bit about what's going on there. He seems like he's tearing that locker room apart yeah. from the inside out. And then they're obviously going to move on from Bo Horvat um, in about six weeks time. Somebody that some people might want to come out here in Winnipeg, but lots of change coming for Vancouver. But I, I mean, I, I would agree with Jim Rutherford in that, in that, Major surgery is needed, so I guess I guess we could all agree on that. It's just, do they know which parts of the body need surgery, and uh, are they the right ones to be uh, holding the scalpel there? We'll we'll see how that goes. That was pretty good, by the way, for me to kind of tie that all together. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see you clapping or anything, so I'll give I'll give myself a pat on the back on that one. Um, but that that I think that's going to do it for the episode here, Tice. We'll wrap it up there. What better way than to trash on the Canucks for a couple of minutes? Sounds good. Um, we'll get back to it at the end of the week. Uh, really interesting. Like we touched on uh, a couple of games for the jets, really three games in a row. They go through essentially Eastern Canada in this upcoming trip for the club. Billy Hainala, by the way, joining the team for the road trip. So that's pretty neat. Would expect to see him get into a game or two. So we'll see how the kid does after battling with, um, the illness, the virus that's been rampaging this team all season long. Uh, but plenty to get to in our next episode when we get back at it on Friday morning. Until then, though, thank you for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. Joined once again by CJOB's Tyson Rowicki. We'll get back at it Friday morning, breaking down Jets Habs and then Jets Leafs, the battle for Canada's top team. Until then, stay safe and enjoy your week, everybody. Peace.